You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. It's Wednesday the 18th of August. I'm now safely ensconced in York on the first day of the Welcome to Yorkshire Ebor Festival and as I look out of my hotel room window toward the Minster, I can see a, a fairly clear blue sky, just a few light fluffy clouds, temperatures in the high teens. I don't think it's going to be a burning hot day, but very pleasant. Going is good on the Knavesmire. Much to look forward to as I welcome in Cornelius Lysett to the show this morning. And Cornelius, is it my imagination? You've been a, a veteran of more York Ebor festivals than I have, but does the anticipation not grow a little more fevered as each year passes by? Yeah, I, it, it does to an extent grow year on year, doesn't it? I, I, I think the thing about the big British festivals, both uh, on the flat and over jumps, is that the anticipation does ever grow and people are a bit sneery about the anticipation of Cheltenham starting practically before the previous Cheltenham has started. It's not quite like that for the major flat festivals but there is a real sense of anticipation. I'll tell you what, this year even more so and I think that's partly because uh, even before we got to Goodwood and crowds were in there was a, a licking of the lips in anticipation of actually things approaching normality. Then we got to Goodwood and Goodwood was as uh, joyful uh, a horse racing event as I can remember for quite a long time because the crowds were back in. The weather was a tiny bit mixed, but when it was good, it was glorious and the racing uh, was absolutely outstanding. Uh, but the thing about York is it's so fair and uh, especially at a time like this when uh, it stayed dry for the few days leading into it. Uh, they're talking about good ground. There hasn't been any watering, maybe some rain later on in the week. So a real sense of sort of uh, fairness. And, um, you know, people call York the Royal Ascot of the North, people who are big fans of racing in Yorkshire and all the tracks that make up that really important horse racing community. When they call Royal Ascot the York of the South, their tongue is in their, uh, in their cheek, but not massively so. Uh, people are really proud of this and they have absolutely everything to every reason to be proud and there's plenty to look forward to in 2021. So masses to look forward to this week. The Judmont International today, more on that in a few moments' time. But first of all, tomorrow, the Yorkshire Oaks and one of the leading fancies for that race is wonderful tonight. If she gets the better of snowfall, she'll barrel away further up those TRC rankings that James was telling you about last Friday. And I put in a call once again to her trainer, David Menuizier, who is a regular on this podcast. I make no apologies for that. He's always extremely entertaining. He's also been, as I found out, on a shopping spree to Deauville. And I began by asking him how he'd been getting on. Yeah, no, look, it was great. It was great. Uh, we've had a good time. And uh, we managed to, to pick up uh, six yearlings. So I'm, I'm over the moon, really. Yeah, very pleased. Were you able to have a good time in Deauville, or is that still slightly curtailed in france no i mean we but we had a good time um yeah look i mean we we were very busy uh, at the sales every day but now you can still go to a restaurant in the evening and uh, 
have a nice meal, you know. We, we didn't go mad because we were quite quite tired. And uh, but no, I mean it was uh, as close to normality as as it comes, really. You know. So just for those who haven't done the sales circuit, for, for a trainer, okay, you, you've got lots of enthusiasm at the moment because it's still only August. October, it might be a different story. November, even more of a different story. But how much legwork would you do at a sale like that? How many horses would you pull out and inspect and look at? Um, look, I mean, I got there on, uh, what, Friday night. So we started looking on Saturday morning, probably about, uh, probably about 50, 50, 60 a day, I'd say. Um, well, when I say a day, it's between 8 o'clock in the morning until 3, 4 p.m. in the afternoon, and then you have to to recap, you know, and, and try and think, think uh, you know, what, what you'd like to, to buy and not buy, and what you can get vetted, and, and you know, which, which owner it would suit, and that sort of things, you know, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's time-consuming. So say so this time you you came away with six. How many would you have bid on? Uh, probably what what was it nine? I think nine of them. Yeah. So yeah. so that's actually a, that's a pretty good strike rate. Yeah, I mean we try and buy horses like we we train them. You know we tend to focus on uh, on uh, on a few and and go for it rather than and try to look on very, very many of them. We, we, we kind of know what we like. So that's what we go for. And you do like fillies. Which of, of the six that you've bought so far, or the six that you bought at Arcana this week, is there one that is, has already got a special place in your heart? Is there one you thought, ah, oh, I'm particularly pleased to have got that? Uh, there's, uh, there's a few for various reasons. But the main, the main one would be the one I bought from the Kenne, I would say, because the, it's a family I, I know really well. It's a family I've worked with when, when I worked for cricket, and cricket was there, and the horse just reminded me of uh, a lot of good times I've had in France with cricket and Alec and and uh, the stud, you know, generally the Kenne and uh, and. You know, he, he, he's, first, he's by first season attendu, which is not everybody's cup of tea. And uh, I managed to, to buy him very cheap, and and he does have a, a very, very um, special place in my heart uh, for all those reasons. And uh, what was the family? The family is the family of Rouve. The dame is a, mm. is a full sister to Rouve, who won the Jean Pratt. And uh, I train. Actually, I trained the, the two-year-old sister of the horse as well by motivator, and I like the sister. And uh, so it would be great if uh, if they could both be good. Now I've I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation so far, but everybody's listening, thinking, "Oh, go on and get on and ask him about the the filly that matters and whether she can beat Snowfall in the Yorkshire Oaks." So what are you thinking? I'm thinking I'd rather run against Rainfall than Snowfall. <laughs> <laughs> but now, look, uh, I'm I'm more than happy to to take any 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 anything on. You know, uh, the Phillies' main target is the arc. We need to find a path to to the arc, and we learn. You know, we learn after after each run, and we 
we're trying to try and do the right thing uh, all the time, you know, which isn't easy. Um, she she ran really fresh at Goodwood, and obviously it's a filly. I can't overwork in the morning because she's she's busy by nature, you know. So I don't want her to to boil over, and uh, you need to keep the lid on as much as you can. So uh, and that's what I said last winter, you know. This filly, once you start running, you need to run on a regular basis. So I find it's very important that she has two runs before the arc in an ideal world. So we find that she has to run this week. And having been to Deauville, it's not a you know, it's not to criticize um, anybody. But I, I do find that the, the ground in Deauville is pr- pretty tired, pretty chopped up because they've had rain. Then, then obviously it's warming up and what have you. But the, the grass looks really tired. And the weather forecast is not for rain particularly. So I think I'd rather go to York because I know the, the, the track will be absolutely uh, magnificent there. Um, they look after the grass really well. The ground has been officially good for the last four or five days, you know, so which means that it doesn't dry out very quickly. Um, and that's also why we decided to 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 give it a go. Um, I, the, I think the track will be safe. It pro- possibly isn't uh, our favorite ground for for the filly, but um, she'll do what she can, you know. And uh, if snowfall is is as good as everybody thinks, and um, then she she'll win, you know. And, and I won't be ashamed to, to, to get beat in a race like this. And that, that's also because we have to bear in mind that the main target of our filly is the first weekend of October. And the filly that will run the first weekend of October is a much better filly than the filly that will run this weekend. Um, because that's how we, we train and, and, it, and, and it's the main target of the year. David, best of luck. Thank you, Nick. Cheers. Bye-bye. Uh, David Menuisier there. I make no apology for um, having him on this podcast a lot, Cornelius, because he's, he's very engaging to listen to, and he always offers something above and beyond the, yes, should run a nice race. And yeah, the, uh, fact, the fact that they, they keep saying, well, we're training her up towards the art, but they've gone Royal Ascot, Glorious Goodwood, York Ebor Festival. It's not as though he's, he's playing no shots. And the, yeah, the cotton wool hasn't been uh, sold out in the local supermarket to, to Pulborough. Absolutely not. Now, this is a really outstanding racehorse and a really outstanding story because uh, the, the, the fact is that David Manusia has had to, uh, or David Manusia, I think we, I should probably call him, has had to sort of work his way up. He's caught plenty of eyes over the last few years, but this filly has uh, really proved outstanding. And uh, I think there's a lot of lot of delight for her owner as well, uh, who's been a massive supporter of horse racing in Britain and across Europe uh, for many many years. And um, yeah, what what an exciting prospect she is. She was exciting for Ascot. She was exciting for Goodwood. She's potentially exciting for York and hugely exciting for the Prix de la Triomphe. And what about more immediately this afternoon's Judmont International? We've talked about mm. it extensively during the course of the week. Mischief, love, alcohol free. Or elsewhere. Mm. What a! Th- this has been a truly, it's been a truly marvellous race, hasn't it? Uh, for what uh, fifty years now, 
Roberto Dalia Wallow in the groove was a huge favourite of mine with with Steve Cawthon riding Hauling Giants Causeway See the Stars more recently Frankel Ulysses good to see him hitting the ground running as a stallion Roaring Lion and then Gayath last year but the three-year-olds do make it really interesting don't they and alcohol free you know talking about giving narrative to the season alcohol free has been been going for some time uh, during the season a couple of group one successes a really emotional success for owner purchaser on this occasion Jeff Smith for Andrew Balding and for Oshin Murphy I just I, I, did, did you agree that her participation as a three-year-old filly just that the, the stirs the intrigue so hard Without a doubt, and you would not begrudge connections if they were rewarded for, for real boldness. Now, Aidan O'Brien has had to perform an, an a fairly adroit about turn here with some Mark Pacifica out and love in, as we told you on the podcast the day before yesterday when the news broke. What do you think is going to happen today as regards love, Cornelius? Who is love now? now what, what, what are we think, feeling about the Aidan O'Brien run of form at the moment? Um, I think he's working on 10%. Well, three from 30. Quite low for him yeah. at this time of the year. Three from 30 in the last two weeks. But I, mm. I, we've been stung on this podcast before. The last time that one of our correspondents worried about how Aidan O'Brien's season was going, he suddenly had to count that he'd had six European Classic winners and then knocked in St. Mark's Basilica in the Eclipse. So I, I'm always... And of course, the Americans uh, yeah. have seen lots of good success. Yeah, exactly. So For him. Santa Barbara was very impressive last weekend. So I, 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 I take your point, and it'll be, it'll be something that perhaps it, makes... It's a talking big. point, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it would be ridiculous to say O'Brien or Bally Doyle are out of form, but it is just... It's worth, I think it's worth noting. Um, so that, that's uh, one thing. And um, the other thing, just going back to alcohol-free again, uh, talking to Andrew Balding, actually, about the... William Hill Racing League, which continues uh, at Windsor on Thursday. Um, talking to him about the, the runners that uh, our team, Team Thoroughbid, has got uh, there. And I said, well, look, good luck, uh, for, good luck for York. And um, uh, good luck with the filly with alcohol free. And he said, well, yeah, thank you, he said. But, you know, we've got Imperial Fighter in the Acom Stakes, um, a player. We've got Youth Spirit in the Great Voltage Stakes, uh, a player. And Frank Keller in the nursery at the end of the day, a player. Uh, and look at the way that that team is going uh, this year. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's not just about alcohol-free uh, for the Balding team going to York. However, uh, she's, a, she's a fabulous standard bearer. So looking ahead to later in the week and the Jim Crack Stakes, which takes place on Friday. Declarations will come out this morning, Wednesday morning. And will it be Armour or will it be Lucille for the Al Shakab team? Or indeed, will it be both? The UK uh, racing manager for Al Shakab is uh, Ali Begley, who joins me now. Ali, what's the, what's the call on this? So the plan is to run Lucille in the gym crack on Friday and then Armour heads over to the morning on Sunday. So pre-morning group one for Armour and the gym crack for Lucille. What's the, what's the logic behind that? Um, but basically, we uh, Lucille it does not want soft ground, and he had to miss Goodwood because it rains and the ground was so soft on the Tuesday. So uh, we thought that it's more likely to be softer ground in in France. So we sort of didn't want to risk the fact that it would be for Lucille. So it was decided a while ago um, that Armour would head over to to France and that Lucille would would stay at home to go to York. 
We'll talk about armour in a moment, but Lucille's form has already been franked from the July stakes by both Asymmetric, who went on to win at Glorious Goodwood, and, of course, your own Ebro River, who famously won the Group 1 in Ireland, uh, the Keeneland Phoenix Stakes, last weekend. How much uh, How much of a shock was that to it, to all of you, or, or not at all? Um, he loves the soft ground. I mean, it was a very good call from Hugo. He sort of called me in the middle of the week saying, look, I think it could be a deluge in Ireland and, you know, we'd be absolutely stupid to ha- not have, you know, have him in there um, in case it di- the rain did arrive. And he is a horse that loves coming off a fast pace. So we sort of decided that, you know, we'd let him bowl along and use, he's, you know, he has got tremendous amount of speed and rather than try and hold him up, we thought that, you know, Hugo thought that we would just let him bowl and it, it worked out really well and, um, you know, we were absolutely delighted that he he went there and won that. But it, it so it it wasn't entirely a shot because he had very much had the ground in his favour and and the sort of new tactics really helped as well. So it it was great, it was so, fantastic, and just such a story with Hugo as well with Galileo Gold. So it was wonderful. Yeah, lovely symmetry. Where are we likely to see Ebro River next? Um, where will he go? Uh, it was sort of uh, actually in Deauville talking to Hugo about it over the weekend. Um, I think plans are up in the air. He's in every possible race there is, um, and so it'll be. It'll probably depend on a. He wouldn't want to be at very lightning quick ground, so it could be the Middle Park. Could be he's in the National Stakes in the Dewhurst. I mean, he's in everything to have all options covered. And um, uh- it's just. With these three horses, it's sort of trying to keep them apart now with Armour and Lucille. We try, prefer not to have them taking each other on. And I, I was quite struck when Richard Hannan saw Armour winning the Mulcombe at Goodwood. He said, he's this year's horse. Uh, does that mean he's likely to be only this year's horse, do you think? He, of the three of them, he is the he is the smaller one, very much the, you know, very early on. He is, he's a much smaller physical type of horse, Lucille and Ebro River. Have um, they've got much more scope and look like you know they'll they, they could develop into into three year olds over the winter as well. Whereas as armor is is much a smaller type altogether, and it you know this look, who knows what he might do over the winter. But this he always looked that this might be his year. But he, you know that he's just a smaller type physically than the other two. So back to business, Ali and Lucille in the gym crack at York this week must have an outstanding chance. Yeah, no, he really, he really would. He, um, Pat Dobbs rode him in a piece of work last week, and Richard said he worked really well, so he's very happy with him. So, yeah, I know he's got a an outstanding chance, and he's just got such a great attitude. You just never know, really, with him. He's just he switches off, and he's so straightforward. So he's, you know, he's he's a lovely horse to have. And Al Shakab Racing have three of the top ten time form rated juveniles of 2020-21. Um, is that a is that a happy accident, or is this a, a sign of a, a change of policy? And Al Shakab is back in the game. No, very much so. I mean, Sheikh Joanne's always, you know, he he was tr- trying to really concentrate on the homebreds. I think we sort of realised that you've also got to restock by going to the sales as well as you know running along the homebreds. So. Last year, he it was decided that we would buy at last year's yearling sales, and um, Armour came for the Okana October sale. Um, Nicholas de Watchgon bought him, and then Charlie Gordon Watson bought Ebro River and we sale at book two last year. Alison Begley there, the UK racing manager for Al Shakab, who are very much on the march again. Now, if you think you are busy this week and have got lots of jobs to do, then I would imagine that will 
pale by comparison to, to Megan Nichols, who joins me now. Um, Megan, just give me an idea of how many jobs you've managed to, to acquire at York today. I think I've ran out of fingers now. <laughs> I've got quite a few. Um, I'm fortunately enough this this year. I've been ambassador for the for the race course, um, and I've been fortunate enough as well to to link up with them doing some stuff with the fashion. Um, they've got fashion partner this year in Coast, and um, they have a sort of resident milliner uh, called George Dirty who does some fabulous hats. So so I've got. Some bits and bobs going on with them. We'll be down at the Ebor Fashion Lawn um, throughout this week. But then I've also, I'm with Racing TV uh, in the mornings doing some of the Mark Your Card program, hopefully some fun stuff um, alongside Niall and Tom Stanley. And then I'm also riding today and and also saddling up for for Dad. So we're, uh, we're pretty busy. So your ride is in the last, it's in the nursery, and you're riding a horse for, for Kevin Ryan called Pocket Rocket. I'm trying to work out why this horse is such a big price. Yeah, I don't really know. Um, like a lot of the horses, they're unexposed. You know, there's a good few of them that have only had a couple of runs. We thought he's off a fairly fair mark of 81. He obviously won pretty snug at Hamilton the last day, which was his second run from being gelded. And to be honest, he's only improved from that since at home physically he's done very well so it's a hugely competitive race obviously but he has a very light weight and I'd be hopeful of him running better than his price suggests anyway. Now I remember there was a time when the idea of flat runners was anathema to Paul Nichols never mind flat winners to what extent are you pretty much responsible for for the Nichols flat string? (laughs) Well obviously I had you know I was putting plenty of pressure and persuasion on, on dad to run the, run a few and we've been fortunate enough that the small number that we have run on the flat a lot of them have have run very well or won so um I'm, I'm pretty sure we've probably got quite a good strike rate um it's a funny one really uh, Scaramanga was not really a horse that we ever intentionally aimed for the flat but he became very high um in the handicap over hurdles and sort of in a, a bit of between a rock and a hard place, he's in, um, you know, pretty tricky place over, over jumps. And so Dad sort of thought, we'll, we'll try him back on the flan. He kept improving again last year and, and ended up obviously winning um, at Newbury last time. And actually, that was the first time he's ever won on the flat, which, which seems mad. But hopefully he can, you know, continue in that form and go well again today. So all these jobs you've got today, um, are you quite happy spinning all these plates at the moment, or is there one that's going to completely take over in in the fullness of time? Oh, well, at the moment it, it's it's obviously fine. Um, I, I'm really enjoying doing a bit of everything, but I, ultimately, I imagine um, going into more of the sort of TV side of things is is where I imagine I'll be heading. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I don't really have to pull the plug on on one and jump mad into another straight away so just slow transition and and keep doing a bit of everything for now but um like I say that's the direction I think I will ultimately be heading have you been sufficiently deterred from wanting to be a trainer well (laughs) yeah I suppose I I it's a funny one I you know I absolutely love doing stuff with the young horses um I will definitely be going to the yearling sales this year and I love being able to follow their progression as we get going and, and into their two-year-old season. Um, 
and Kevin Ryan's been very good in, in letting me help at the sales and, and be very much involved with that at home. So that's something I love doing, but it, it's nice for me to uh, watch from the outside and not have the pressure of actually training them. So that's not really something I'd, I'd be thinking about too much at the moment. And the significance of this week is not going to be lost on you, because is it fair to say I can Yorkshire have adopted you a little bit? Because you're based up here a lot with your partner, Kevin Stott, who's having an amazing season. Do you sort of feel part Yorkshire now? Well, I suppose so, yeah. I mean, obviously, Hart's always going to be in Somerset, but um, I've obviously been up here for a while now um, and really enjoying it settled in. Obviously, I've been very fortunate to, to link up with York, who obviously one of the biggest tracks in the country, and, and it's, uh, it is a bit of an honour, really. I mean, um, it's a pretty prestigious place. Well, it may be that Megan's not, in fact, on the best Kevin Ryan horse in the last race because Safi Osborne's riding guest list there. That, however, is not her best ride of the day because she's on the favourite Tanaya Canyon in the Phillies Handicap at 4.45. Looks have picked up a good ride in the Million Pound Ebor at the weekend and has a whole bunch of good rides in the Racing League tomorrow. Safi is with me now. Um, I think it's fair to say you deserved a change of luck after a couple of pretty nasty tumbles last year and earlier this uh things are going well again yeah yeah they're starting to pick up again and it's really nice it's a really exciting week and hopefully we can get some winners and to get on a, a favorite in in a big race at york the first day of the ebor festival tanaya canyon she she's got an outstanding chance hasn't she yeah she ran really really good at york um sorry at doncaster um in the racing league and I just can't thank Ed and the, his owners enough for leaving me on her. And this association with Ed Walker seems to be burgeoning. Is that is that an official thing now? Yeah, I, I don't know. He's giving me plenty of rides recently so that's it's been brilliant and um, yeah, I'd like to keep building on that relationship. He's got lots of good horses and um, he's having an unbelievable year. And as I said, the last time I actually, I think I saw you in person was at Newmarket when you were in absolute agony after a really horrible incident when a, a horse got under the stalls with you how much did that set you back yeah i had a small hairline fracture of my tibia um which put me back a few weeks i was out three and a half weeks just under a month and in the middle of the season that's really hard because you see everyone riding all the horses that you would have been riding and um yeah it was hard i was just trying to focus on getting back as quick as possible but um yeah it hasn't been easy <laughs> And what 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 did you do? Because I'm I'm guessing you weren't able to really kind of do everything you wanted to do with a with a broken leg. Um, yeah, I kind of just rested it, um, rested it, and exhales were obviously amazing. Um, I kept it. They I, they basically strapped me to an ice machine for a month, um, <laughs> um, and to get all the swellings to go down. And it hasn't caused me any issues riding since I've been back. So um, no, it's all been pretty plain sailing since then. Excellent. Um, talk about the Ebor. Was that a surprise to pick up a, a good ride there? Your agent, Niall Hannity, doing good work for you? Yeah, yeah, it's great to pick up an, any ride in that race, especially a good one like him. Um, uh, obviously, he won the November Handicap last year and obviously suits these sorts of races, so um, I really hope he has a great chance. Um, yeah, no, I just can't thank Henry Ponsby enough. He, he, I saw him at Windsor on Monday and he said, oh, I think I might want you to ride my horse, so... Um, no, that was really exciting. And Safia, I need to talk to you about the racing league because you're leading the jockeys' table by by a point. Uh, how much how much has has the racing league done for you and for your sort of confidence coming back and and moving forward into the rest of the season? Massively, 
massively, massively. I think um, with such good prize money and such, you're riding a better quality of horse in it as well. Um, and there's so much publicity around it. I think it's it's done me the world of favours, really. Um, and it's such a great initiative that's really exciting to be a part of. So another a whole bunch of good rides at, at Windsor tomorrow, including a few for, for Ed Walker. Who would be the best of them, do you think? Um, I think Paxos and Dreamweaver probably have my best chances of the night, but the team also have a really good one that um, Kieran Schumach's riding in Fernando Ra. Um, so hopefully Team Swish can stay at the top of the leaderboard. And, and how, how strong is that sense of team amongst the people involved in it? Because there's been a lot of chat about you know whether people care about the teams or not. In terms of being in it, how much attention do you pay to being part of that? Oh, massively. I don't think I've ever cheered Adam Kirby. If actually, apart from his derby win, I don't think I've ever cheered Adam Kirby on as much as I did last week um, at Lingfield. Um, no, it's brilliant. And obviously, riding with jockeys in my team is good as Adam and Kieran it's great to learn off of them and um, get advice off of them because obviously when you're riding for if I've been riding for Clive or I've been riding for Charlie um, they're obviously they're stable jockeys so um, you kind of they know the horses a lot better than I do um, and they're the trainers so it's been really helpful well thank you to all my guests today Cornelia Slicer is still with me looking forward to day one of York's Ebor Festival. Where is your money going today or, or any day, Cornelius? Mm. After your resounding uh, well, triumph last week, which I, I know you were keen for me to, to, to remind everybody of. Uh, yes, I think I, uh, yes, I'm not sure I did say that, but thank you so much for, for bringing it up. Uh, I, think, uh, I think I gave a, a, a very nice uh, a winner in of, uh, the car- of the Royal Whip at the Curra, the uh, good horse of, of um, Johnny Mertis last week called, called Earlswood. Um, but um, yeah, as far as today is concerned, I just I just feel these three-year-olds, are, are, you know, in terms of the international stakes, are good, and I feel alcohol-free. There's a chance she could be exceptional. That that the 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 team of Jeff Smith and the Baldings have had exceptional horses in the past, and I love a bit of instinct. And Jeff Smith's instinct is to have a go at this. So alcohol-free, who gets which gets um, concessions as a three-year-old and then as a three-year-old filly, a really uh, fascinating contender in the three thirty-five uh, at uh, York today. And can I mention Johnny Mercer very quickly? Uh, I I went yesterday to the to the funeral of the late Tony Fairburn, who was a giant of the racing media during the nineteen seventies and eighties, in particular, and nineties. He started the Race Goers Club which was a, a big promotional thing. And uh, I said to his widow, Louise, I remember a horse, that, a really good horse that the Race Goers Club had called Hopping Around, which was involved in, there was a tremendous tussle to be champion jockey between Steve Cawthon and Pat Edry, late 80s, early 90s. And one of them, I, I must admit, I couldn't remember which one it was, one of them rode Hopping Around uh, in a race and it became a crucial part of the, um, of the whole uh, end of season of that particular season, Were and she said to me, for, oh, "Was it was it a hu- crucial part of the narrative at that point?" It was a crucial part of the narrative at the end of the season. Yes, uh, absolutely. I think I've been hoisted by my own petard there, haven't I? Um, but um, uh, she said to me, "Oh yeah, I remember." She said, "I remember all about hopping around and hopping around." Had another claim to fame was that uh, the horse won a race at Doncaster. And it was a race for apprentices and it gave a first British win for a jockey that no one had really heard of called Johnny Murta. Uh, so, uh, and there's been plenty of hopping around by Johnny Murta 
and his supporters uh, ever since. And I thought that was lovely. And uh, we remember Tony Fairburn in a requiem mass at Amesbury in Wiltshire yesterday. And I'll re repeat the expression with no difficulty at all. A giant of the media in the 60s, 70s and uh, 80s invented Wogan's Winner, which was a big promotional thing via the, uh, the BBC and started a telephone service in the late 1980s called Race Call, which was considered uh, cutting edge at the time. And amongst those employed were unknowns called names like J.A. McGrath, Mike Catamull, Simon Hull, Cornelius Lysett. So a lot of people very, very grateful to him. Cornelius, thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Do enjoy your week at York. That was Wednesday, August the 18th. We'll be back to reflect on what hopefully will be a pulsating Judmont International with Lydia Hislop tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.